a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Gate 7 International Podcast. I'm your host, Adi, and right now it's duos, baby. Me and Lambro. Lambro, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, everyone. Good evening uh, to the European listeners. 11 o'clock Central European time, midnight Greek time. What's up, everyone? Kind of a late night episode if you're up. I hope you're not all as hot as me. If you're watching visually, the tank top's on a first time on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, it is so hot. My my fan is back here. I hope my mic doesn't pick it up. Hope everyone's doing well. Excited to to kind of talk about everything. Things have been going on at Olympiacos. Good, bad, changes. Things have been happening. So we got a lot to talk about. Make sure to drop your comments below and we'll get into them as well. Absolutely. We might see Costa drop by later as well. But until then, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. So... Uh, we wanted to get the audience thoughts about a potential Patreon campaign. Uh, many audience members have already DM'd us both on our private, our personal DMs, as well as the pod DM, asking about donating money. We've never accepted anything because as a podcast, we are not really comfortable accepting something for nothing. Um, there's also a bunch of projects that we're trying to do, and that requires capital that we don't have right now everything that we've done so far guys has been from us we've foot the bill for it we have a couple of sponsors uh but i'll be honest with you that doesn't pay for the stuff that we have and that we get to bring you the content unfortunately the data you guys know we have that data subscription that gets sponsored by uh Piraeus international uh we have the platforms that we use all of that and then you guys are reaching out to us for merch. People want merch. People want different types of content. So we have multiple different strategies we're pursuing so that we can get some capital to you know do that and begin that. Uh, but we wanted to find out how you guys feel about Patreon. So we just we have a couple of ideas about new content. Nothing actionable yet. This isn't something that's even close to being done. It's just we want your opinion. We want to know what you guys think about it. Um, it would be, if we do it, it would be like a dollar or, you know, it would be like multi different tiers, dollar, $5, maybe $10. I don't even know if we do that. Um, it would be completely unique content. Anything we do for Patreon wouldn't affect what you guys get now. So we wouldn't be taking away deep dives. We wouldn't be doing like, you know, we wouldn't be taking away post-match, pre-match. Everything we do now is still going to be available. Patreon is just going to be brand new stuff. So uh, some some ideas we had, some things that we were planning on doing was kind of creating transparency between some of the analytical stuff with, with, with you guys so that you can see the process. So whether it's you guys jumping on a deep dive with me and seeing how the deep dives are done, match analysis with the data, all of these things, you know, things that, uh, you know, voicemail type episodes, fireside chat type things, 
all brand new things that we don't currently do. Boozing with the boys will never be Patreon. We will always do boozing with the boys for everybody. I just want to make that clear. But we just want to see how you guys feel about it. If it's something you don't like, we're we're never, you know, we won't do it. If you don't like it, we won't do it. But we just want to see how you guys feel because we are in a position where in order for us to take the next step as a pod to offer you next level content and continue to go with the trajectory we are and accomplish the things we need to accomplish, we need some capital. And we have, like I said, a couple other things we're trying, but this is one of those. Uh, yeah, boozing with the boys, George here, $100 tier Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> if Something only. like that. No, but it, anyway, so guys, please uh, let me know when, um, you know, what you think. DM me personally, DM us on the pod account, and let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, also, Costa, how you doing, buddy? There's Costa, but I have one comment before Costa comes in with his introduction. We'll also probably have like a Patreon chat, you know, where people can talk with us during games, talk about the team, things like that. That's also something maybe we'll we'll consider doing. Costa, you have any comment on Patreon? You have any comment on anything? Good evening. Is it super hot there as it is here, as you can see for me? It's 22 degrees right now. It's lovely. No, not it's not. Warm. It's warmer yeah. here. It's like 27 wow. degrees here. Not too warm, not too cold. We had a massive heat wave the last couple of weeks, but finally it's starting to cool down a little bit. I'm very thankful. Very thankful. Patreon, guys. I'm going to leave the business to the business people. Looking forward to talking some football later. But yeah, uh, I think Ari said everything that needed to be said. I do want to say Khoranga Pola, uh, being that it is Banagias today. Pola to the Marias, Panayotides, Panayotes, Despinas. If I missed anybody, Pola, everybody. It's, um, it's always a landmark day in um, in the in the calendar year. So yeah, Pola. Yeah, thank you for reminding me about that. I almost completely forgot to mention it. If you also. have any relatives and you haven't, you know, made your phone calls. Don't forget exactly. to send some texts, you know. You have 30 minutes or so Central European time. <laughs> also, shout out to everyone on Tinos today celebrating. I missed it this year. I love being on Tinos for the 15th of August celebration. So anyway, shout out to Tinos. I love that place. Yeah. Uh, two more quick bits of housekeeping first, obviously, guys. Uh, Ahepa, as always, uh, they have a wildfire relief campaign that's going on uh, to help anybody that's been adversely affected. Uh, they're donating a lot of money right now to Evia. So check it out. Uh, we posted it on our socials, but they you can go directly to the HEPA page. There's a link for Wildfire Relief. Donate there. If you want to do more to help out, check out your local HEPA chapter as well and see how you can help out the motherland yourself. Lastly, thank you to our sponsor, Paris International. Paris International is your one-stop shop for all of your international trans shipping needs. Whether you're shipping olive oil, packages, cars, or relocating completely, Preyas International is here to help. Freight forwarding services available to almost any port around the world, whether it's North America, Europe, Africa, Asia, or Australia. Just contact our friends at 410-675-4696 or email them at sales at piraeusintl.com. I saw a comment already. Yes, Zafiropo5, when are we getting the deep dive? It's coming. Don't worry. I spent my whole morning doing it so that we could have it ready. It's coming later. Stay tuned. And before we move forward with the deep dive, we have some news and transfers, obviously, we wanted to talk about first. But first thing, 
And I wanted to touch on this because especially what we saw in the media and some what I call very uninformed comments. But I wanted to take a comment on Solakis. Real quick, Michael Vicini, uh, one of our former guests, asking Costa, is that Uzo? Wait, wait for it. Okay. So I've got Mastiqua. I don't know if anybody can see this. This is like a... <laughs> It's a Greek lemonade with sparkling mastiha water. Very, very good if you haven't tried it. But what Michael's probably looking for is raki. It has to be homemade raki tsikudia. They call it in Crete. Of course it is. And I've oh, got else? my little shot glass here. And you know what? On in the summer, I I like to have the occasional cigarette as well. So I hope nobody's offended, but I'm gonna light it up. <laughs> it's fine fine with us living the life like literally here it. in geneva back in my room here it's like a million degrees <laughs> I, you are living the life for sure love it and boozing with the boys comes early <laughs> yeah buddy yeah buddy and speaking of we did talk about boozing with the boys it is our one year anniversary guys today is the day that lambro peter and i this was pre-costa uh, this was the day we first recorded the very first episode of Gate 7 International and the podcast. So happy one-year anniversary. We are going to do a Boozing with the Boys to celebrate. Uh, it just wasn't going to happen this weekend. We'll see if we can get it um, if we can get it going on. And, we'll, you know, we'd love to have some of you guys on here. Uh, I saw a comment here. Uh, Adi, if we get Manolas, are you doing a deep dive? No. <laughs> do I have to? I know that's probably a joke, but anyway, uh, so moving forward, uh, I wanted to address some of this negative publicity for Solakis because I found it unacceptable. And first and foremost, I want to say to anyone of the media that was blaming Solakis, shame on you. And anybody else that's been blaming Solakis for our disqualification will say, shame on you as well. You don't know the sport. And I'm going to say that. I don't care what you have to say about it. If you think he is the reason that we didn't make it forward, you know absolutely nothing about this sport. And you should pick something else because it doesn't make any sense. 17 shots against him in the qualification campaign. His ex-goal conceded was almost four. Now, remember the goals that he conceded. One was an own goal from Ruben Semedo. Not much he can do about that. The second was a free kick goal where Hassan didn't jump. And he was positioned where he was supposed to be. He was exactly where he was supposed to be, given what the wall was supposed to do. It should have given him ample time to react, and he did react, but it was just too far away from him. He was where he was supposed to be. I have spoken to goalkeepers, coaches, and goalkeepers about it. He was where he was supposed to be. And then there was a penalty. What are you going to say about a penalty? The, the expected goal is almost 0.8. People almost score them all the time. So the three goals that he conceded, one doesn't even count towards XG because it was an own goal. So he conceded two goals off shots. One was a penalty and one was a free kick that the wall screwed up, namely Hassan. So in reality, out of his X conceded goal of four, he really only conceded from, from shots two. And you know what? Maybe we could say the penalty was his fault. Okay, you know what? Maybe he should have, Done better. Okay, maybe I'll buy that. Maybe you should have picked a side and just gone for it. I'll buy that. But not the free kick. Free kick wasn't his fault at all. So maybe one out of 17. He had, he had six of those. 
Six of 17 shots. Um, over a third of the shots against him were reflex saves. Saw only had a handful of games where a third of his shots he had to save were reflex saves. So Lackey's had a mountain of a task before him, and he rose to the occasion. This was not his fault. And if you still think it's his fault after this, you're an idiot. And you should switch sports. That's all I'm going to say about it. The data has spoken. Anybody blaming him is wrong. Your opinion is wrong. This is one of the very few occasions I'll say your opinion is wrong, because it is. Anyway, moving on. We had a visit from our president at Reddy. Ari, can, can, yeah. can I can I just chime in on the Zolagis thing? Because Oh, please. Absolutely. It, it, got, it goes back to a discussion that we had with Adonis Nikopolidis. Um, anybody that didn't watch that interview, go back through on YouTube. You can find the interview. It's got English subtitles. But what really got me with the whole post-match Zolagis stuff was that the Greek media were saying Jolakis was in a bad mental condition, like, or Jolakis in Herakos. It was everywhere in the press. It's like, who is feeling good in the squad after that game? And why, why Greek media are you singling out this 18-year-old kid? It's like, he doesn't have enough pressure on his shoulders. You go and put articles out everywhere that Jolakis is in bad mental shape. Of course he's in a bad shape. Everyone's in a bad shape. After that, the president had to go to Reddy after their day off, which one of our players decided to go to Turkey and get a haircut. I don't want to talk about that anymore. I, I just thought it was disgusting. And with, with Nikopolidis, we talked about um, this, um, this whole kind of discussion in Greece about young kids and how do we avoid burning them in greek we say yeah and i i call on everybody go back and listen to the nicopolidis interview and listen to the discussion that we had about what does it mean to not burn the young kids and what they did what the greek press did was exactly moving in that direction and i found it just Absolutely unacceptable. Otherwise, Ari, you covered everything that I wanted to say. In, in addition, you pulled out all the stats, of course, as usual. But uh, but yeah, I just thought that was that was unacceptable. Lavro, are we gonna say names? Nikola Kopoulos on the radio? Was it him? Wasn't it him? No. Was it, was it him? I, I, it was I, a headline I on Sport Twenty Four. I don't remember if it was him. It was everywhere. Yeah, I, like, I, I read it, it on the papers. I read it online. Yeah. And I saw I, it on I saw it on the front pages, like in Force, uh, on a couple of articles. But yeah. don't need don't need to name names. But it's just did they didn't no, need to yeah. do that? I just think it was no. unnecessary. And you know what this is being led to? Though uh, the reports came out, we have a lineup essentially. Did you guys see that as well? We yep. have yeah. a lineup that's coming. Who the hell knows where that came from? But anyway. It doesn't include Zolakis. I hope it's not because they're blaming him for anything. I I just think uh, there's some pressure growing from some well, was, fans. I saw it all over for uh, yeah. the Czech Thomas Fatschlik to start. It's like, why did, why did we buy him and why are we playing Zolakis? But there was a whole yeah, big a discussion to be had because if we had qualified, <laughs> if we had qualified, it's like, do you take him out? But yeah. even still, like, does, does his performance merit him getting benched? Based right, on the stats, yeah. I not really. But the only 
thing I can think of is that they're trying to protect him, which I can understand. But yeah, Who knows? I, I think, look, I think part of it was like some level of consistency, like keeping trying to keep as many of the same pieces as possible. Maybe Tolakis was one. Um, so that's that's that could be part of it. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. I in the end, I Vatlik, I think was always going to be that that main starter. Who knows if if Jolakis had had you know if we had made it in there and Jolakis had continued to do well, maybe we would have. That's a this, that's a good problem to have when you have a a young aspiring keeper that does well, but then you're number one, you know, and they're and they're competing in that respect. But who knows? We'll see what happens when the time comes. I think in the end, Vachlik was always going to eventually be that, at least to start with. Uh, anyway, uh, moving moving forward, the chat mo- the chat seems to be of the same mind. Uh, comment here from Michael Vicini. So, Lakis, 18, fresh between the sticks. He's the least of Olympiacos' problem. Uh, agreed. So, Lakis is not to blame for coaching fans. What some shitty media says are not important. You are absolutely right. Um it's it's a multitude it's a multitude of things guys uh but again moving forward Costa you also brought up brought up the ready visit from Marinaki you guys most people saw it in the papers uh we did translate the entire thing for you for you for those of you that don't speak Greek we have a lot of listeners that are not Greek or don't speak Greek that listen so we translated the entire thing for you guys um uh, Costa Orlando do either of you want to read it uh, I can read diary. it if you want. Go for it. I, it's, Go for it. So, it's on it's on our Instagram as well. It's, on, it's yeah. on our Instagram, but I'll read it real quick for audio listeners. It begins with Marinek saying, The reason I came here today is to express to you all my dissatisfaction of the Little Gretz game and our exclusion from the Champions League. I was not satisfied at all, not only from those results, but from your performance, which ranged from very low levels for your potential. From the one side, I saw a hungry team give it their all while we were passive. In fact, I saw some players were so indifferent that they insulted our history with their effort and their mistakes. The coach decides for these, but you must all give 110% of your strength, marring your shirt on the field. Otherwise, some of you will not have a place in this team. Additionally, you all know very well with your quality with both Ludogrets and Nefci, you didn't need signings to qualify. It was enough to play with strength and passion according to your potential. My people and I were waiting, for, my people and the fans were waiting for qualification for the Champions League. The entire roster of this team is built for the Champions League. And given the conditions, this is a very key point, and it's true. This is the most expensive Olympiacos roster we have had. But now we have to continue to rope a league and give everything so that the suffering becomes a lesson for us to get something out of this exclusion. You have to give it all, not only to get the group stage of Europa League, but to arrive as far as possible, i.e. going quite far. I believe in your potential and it's in your hands. It depends on you wanting it as much as all of us around you. The fact that we do not continue in the Champions League is a loss of 25 million euros, which I will cover entirely. This you can be sure that it will be done, and whatever else is needed for further reinforcements with the additions and departures of some players with the goal to come out as winners again. So two years now with empty stadiums and very many problems due to COVID with reduced revenue, but also with a lot of personal problems, we made sure that you lack nothing so that you can bring very good results, such as winning two titles and important wins in the qualification for Europe. 
So you know very well what exactly you need to do. Work hard with strength, passion, con concentration, and make sure that Olympiacos will be a winger, winner again. I expect to see all of this from the training and until the next matches. There it is. It was an interesting one. First comments, yep. everyone. It really is. And when was the last time that Mighty Nike had to come in and do something like that? When he I got rid of 26 players. Indeed. Exactly. So Indeed. Yeah. we now resulting from this, there has been some movement, some rumors. We're not going to address all of them. Uh, just some of the things that are more tangible. For example, Ruben Semedo was left out of the squad list for Slovan Bratislava. What are your guys' thoughts on that? He's gone. I think I, he's gone. I, for me, I, given the history of the club and how we've acted with players, I think it's likely that he is out. There was a rumor from that was a what was it a troll account saying Wolverhampton or something? Um, I don't know if it's a troll account. It's just like some dude on Twitter who yeah, some, has anyway, a following. Nothing said that Wolverhampton, and then it got trending in the UK, but no one yeah. in the UK was talking about it. It was just fans, and like it got really out of control. I don't think there's anything with Wolverhampton. I think likewise it could be. It makes sense as a destination because all of I think the Portuguese teams are out for Semedo guys. Uh, this yeah. is a good there's a good point right here I completely forgot about this after we got eliminated by La Mia he did have a team talk also but I don't remember it being super negative I don't remember it being like listen this is what's happening and if you don't do this, this one wasn't like, super negative to be fair this one was I, more like I believe mon, in you you the can do the money part, part for me the monodromos yeah. part for me was yeah. look when, when he says like listen Europa qualifying for Europa League is Monodromos, that's like, look, listen, you're all gone if we don't get there. Like, that's it. Yeah. Can you I know? Can I just – I heard a lot of that on the radio the last couple of days that uh, – what was it? Today, Stan Matelos was saying on the radio that the older players need to tell the new players what happened in 2018 and that things can change like that. The thing is, in 2018, when Marinaki says, I'm going to get rid of all of you, that was before the season ended and we were going into pre-season. Now it's the 15th of August with 15 less than 15 days to go till the transfer window shuts. And it's not as easy to say, okay, bye-bye, everybody. I'm going to bring in 20 players and send 20 packing. It's not the same thing. So uh, I think it's a wake-up call to the players for sure, I think there are some players in particular that are under more under the microscope than others. Some players that are on big contracts that haven't uh, pulled their weight. I think Semedo is one of them. There's an interesting comment that came in that isn't really an opinion that is talked about too much. So our friend Yakinthos says, I think Semedo needs a break, needs to put himself back together and come back and play like he used to. Uh, I mean, guys, when we when we think back to Semedo, the first season we brought him in and his performances in the qualifiers against Plitzen, against Krasnodar, against Basak Shahir, he was just, you, you couldn't get past him. He was absolutely immense. And I just think it's one of those cases where he should have gone last summer. Uh, we were a bit too too greedy in terms of what we were asking for in terms of money. And I think his head's kind of got to it. It's like, yeah. 
yeah, I think his head's in a different place and that's affected him. I don't know if he's 100% gone. If a bid comes in around 10 million, I say he's gone. But in this in this market economy, who's going to pay for him? An English club, now that the league started, a Spanish club where they can't take him for the next five years, a Portuguese club like Benfica that were interested last year, That are, are they interested this year? Are they liking what they're seeing from his performances and his attitude? Uh, it's a problem. So an Italian it's a club? One... An Italian club like Napoli? I don't know. I just, yeah. someone had to say it. Someone had to well, say it. Well, while <laughs> we we're on that, that cause the chat's been going nuts about that as well. For, look, for me, before we move on to the minor law news, the, I could see, and the comments kind of sets that up perfectly. I think I could see Semedo being sat as a statement. Like, listen, you're, even though you're arguably the most talented, if not one of the most talented players on this team, you're disposable too. And you need to know that, you know, the, the victory, the winning, that's been pretty easy. Wake up. You know what I mean? You've been, you've been in cruise control too long. So I wouldn't be surprised if we keep him, but this is a statement that's being made. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm also not going to be surprised if he leaves now with the Manola stuff. Hold uh, on guys. Adi, can I, can I make, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Costa made mention of it. I kind of want to say, and then people have been asking, like, who are the players who are under fire? Like, if Marinax oh, was going to yes. clean out, like, who is the problem here? So, currently, I would say Hassan is up there. Oh, he is. Kenny Lala is up there. I think when he said, uh, I don't know if we translated it, but I remember him saying, like, almost like lack of interest. I think the translation would be like, apathetic i don't i don't right i, don't I think it, we, yeah that's like kenny lala to goddamn t so kenny lala um matthew valbuena is on thin ice like this is a rumor i don't want to like start a rumor or anything but not until we get more information not least, until yes. we get more information but things are a bit shaky with matthew valbuena as well Ooh, so don't be surprised yeah. if there's like or he doesn't play next game i'd be yep. very surprised if he plays next game um Lazar Angelovic too I think is also one who is not been in the papers but kind of fits the mold um and surprisingly Cisse and Camara were also listed earlier in the week I don't know I think they just want out I don't think they're like indifferent you know the types but I think they're some of the players who are like their head's not really here blah 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 I think um I think that may be so that that would be the list. Am I missing anyone, Costa? No, no. I just want to make one point, and perhaps this is uh, perhaps some of you will think this is a wrong parallel to make, but I just think that this squad has got a bit too comfortable, and we haven't refreshed enough the last three years. Um, yeah. Martins has stayed true to his core of players, the players that he knows. We saw that in qualifying as well. He went with the players that, that he trusted over the years. But you need to bring in fresh blood. And I think that, uh, you know, also we've had opportunities to sell players and we haven't done it. Samedo, I think, is a prime example. If you look at what Alex Ferguson did talking about Alex Ferguson and Manchester United every every year or every couple of years he would sell 
top players and everyone would think, oh my God, Van Nistelrooy's gone. Oh my God, Beckham's gone. Okay, guys, I'm not making parallels now between our players and Beckham and Van Nistelrooy, but the point is he sold those players and he bought other players in and he always kept people, the players on their toes. And I just think that our boys have got far too comfortable and that's also something that's been echoed in the media and amongst the fans as well the lack of passion and i think that's from just the sense of being way too comfortable yeah Yeah. i mean you also get the sense remember the remember the one press conference where where ba said that he was ready for england yeah you know what i mean when when you are when you have your and i understand like look when you walk the league and you're winning the league halfway through the season it makes it difficult it makes it kind of difficult for you to continue to focus. Like that's, I understand, but if we can't get, if we don't have a coach that can rein in the mentality of those players and get their focus back, back on the task at hand, get them focused on continuing the dominance. If you can't motivate them, then they have to go. They have to. And, and actually, this is a really good comment from Viper3. Guardiola in the past has explained in detail why you need to refresh the, the squad, even when winning everything. This is 100% true, guys. 100% true. Because, unfortunately, you get used to the same thing. And when you win the league, when you win a title, for example, once you get to that that thing you've been trying to reach, think about Things that, I mean, I know it's not really the same, but a parallel here. Let's say you're playing a game, even if it's like a video game or something. Once you beat it, how often do you replay that game afterwards? Not many of you probably do, right? It loses a little bit of that sparkle. It loses a little bit of that shine, that task, once you've gotten it already. This is why players move and want different challenges because it's not it's not a, it's not a the thing that they want to do anymore. It's not that that challenge that, that thing that they need to win. Our players have, most of these players on this team have now won this league twice. Think about that. What is motivating them to continue to want to compete in Greece? What team in Greece makes them want to compete? None. So if we're not able to get them to to motivate themselves or focus on the European journey, then we have to make changes. It just is what it is. It's unfortunate. But it is what it is. And this this type of thing sets in. And that's the problem. So I'm I'm not going to be crushed one way or another if we do lose Semedo or if we lose some of these guys because something ha- does have to change. Yeah, I, I just want to make a comment. I remember this is super niche, but Ruben Semedo, after winning the league or the cup, went on a champagne. Do you remember when I brought this up? This is almost when we started the podcast. Yes. Went on a champagne yes. owner's a podcast or some show or something because the team was using their champagne and he brought in celebs to talk about it. And Ruben Tomato was like, I kind of completed everything in Greece. Like who knows? Like I'm, the, I'm like one of the best, like this was the attitude almost. He was like, I'm the best player in Greece. Like, and then the owner asked him like, how do you stay motivated? And he's like, it's really top, hot, difficult when you're in the top, you know, maybe you need a new challenge, blah, blah, blah. So it was, it was a bit negative, and I actually have um, – I saw a comment go by out of the many. Guys, thank you for participating. And Thrille Muizoui talked about Lala. Guys, I was just bringing up from, like, in the press. I also think, yeah, Lala, it would be nice if he got some games in a row. But anyway, like, this is more like what we're hearing slash are the rumors. So 
I, I don't want to like throw any player under the bus. Maybe Hassan and Lazar I can throw under the bus right now. But yes, the, these are the names going around. When we say players are going to leave, those were the players I, uh, I, we've heard. Yeah. I don't want to spend too much more time because we have a couple more things to get through. But this was an interesting question here uh, from Alexander Algazar. But why are the players' goals to win the league? Their only goal should be performing well for the team and themselves in Europe. And Alexander, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something that unfortunately that if, you know, what, if things were how they should be, that's probably how it should be. But unfortunately, different people and different players have different motivations. When I was a player, I wanted to win. I didn't give a shit what I did personally. I wanted to win. Always. I didn't care, you know, if, if I thought I was playing bad, I would say, take me out, put somebody else in. I wanted to win first and foremost. I didn't care about my development. I didn't care what I was doing. Respect. To, I wanted to win, period. And there are a lot of other players that are like that. Players that compete at the elite level, the majority of them want to win. That's why most of these players want to move to teams that are title contenders. They want to win. You can't take that away from some people because winning matters. So it's unfortunate, but that's the that's the nature of things. You're always going to have players that want to win. And the byproduct of that is once they do win, winning that continuously becomes somewhat less special. And this is the problem you have to wrestle with. It's unfortunate, but this is the reality. Uh, as far as uh, Manola is concerned, it's not happening, guys. We're not paying $15 million. The chat already blew up about it, but I it's not happening. I I don't know. I I, I, I hate to happens. be the guy who's like, there's hope. <laughs> but uh I just want to reiterate that like a lot of the news is Italian news. It's really it's strange. It's there yes. like not a lot of Greeks are talking about. Also, like freaking Sport 24 has doesn't have an idea how to or not sport 24, Sport FM has no idea how to translate Italian. They're like, Olympiacos made a 15 to 18 million euro bid. It's like the Italians said 15 to 18 is what they were asking from Olympiacos. I was, I read that in a, in Italian, showed it to my Italian friend, then read it in Greek. And I was like, are these people idiots? But anyway, um, from what we've heard from, from Italy, um, it's very difficult. Like um, I've had my, my, I have a lot of Italian friends. I have them reading Gazzetta della Sport, which is the biggest newspaper there, quite famous. And Gazzetta della Sport says there is definitely contact, but it's just so yep. complicated. The money is insane for Manolas. Yep. De Laurentiis wants insane money. We're hearing the same thing from Italians, guys. We're speaking with some Italian journalists, some some Napoli pages as well. So it is really goddamn difficult, guys. The money is insane. The only yep. way it's happening right here is the swap deal. And we mentioned this earlier, earlier in the summer when these rumors came out, who are the agents of Costas Manolas, who is the agent of Mari Camara, Mino Raiola. If someone can make a deal, maybe there is a deal to be made. But yeah. guys, this is an extremely difficult deal. If it doesn't happen, don't be surprised. But the, yeah, there is a Costa. rumor going around. There is a rumor going around that George Mendes is getting involved now as well. Oh. So that's George, that's George <laughs> Mendes, Cristiano Ronaldo's agent. Uh, and this goes back to the point I made earlier about the COVID economy. And I think there was a tweet that we put out um, yeah. a couple of days ago. And I th Labra, I think you posted it. It was... Um, I may have just sent it to you guys. I don't know if we posted it, but... I think so we posted it. It's, what a it famous, is... it's, 
it's yeah. a sports journalist, isn't it, that basically yeah. said um, nobody's paying those kind of 10 to 15 million. Nope. Uh, those yeah. 10 to 15 million euro deals aren't happening anymore. And so if you take that into consideration and you start hearing names like George Mendes, Mina Raioli, you're thinking, OK, how are you going to make business? How are you going to make players that want to move, actually move? In this case, Madi Kamara. This could be a way to to do it in the COVID economy. But and we're not used to too. seeing that. Yeah, they have three. They have Rahmani, uh, Kulibali, who's on the way out, and Manolas, who apparently is not on good terms with Spalletti. Yep. Yeah. So I, this I think is the, that's the big note. The Spalletti thing is like the really big note, which the Italians have been telling me about. Like the Spalletti thing is not something people are talking about in Greece, but it's huge. Like the Italians, when Spalletti came in, were like, Manolas can't continue in Napoli. Like it was like this. Yep. It is that bad between Manolas and Spalletti. Uh, Manolas was like on a yacht earlier today posting like Snapchats and Instagram. Like things are not healthy there. Like I would expect there's going to be a move. Manolas is not staying at Napoli. The question is, is he coming to us? That's where it becomes difficult. And we'll see. We're, we're, we're going to see. Yeah. It Look, the whole thing's tough. I'm not getting my hopes up because I don't want to be disappointed. So I'm just expecting... My hopes are like through the goddamn roof, Adi. I don't know if you guys can tell. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm about to go uh, buy the jersey already. I, 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 I'm I, going to go for the blue Mono last jersey maybe or uh, yeah, wait for the black I'm, and red one coming. Fingers crossed. I'm, I have no info on that, but I, I have a dream, as we say. I expect we the worst, hope for the best. That's my that's yeah. my motto with these things. I, I'm not expecting anything, and I don't think... Uh, I don't think that's. I don't think it's happening. We're, we also have uh, Silvas. Silvas. We yes. Are, and the comments are now pouring in with this. Is it true that Olympiakos is interested for Silvas? What about the Silvas case? Yes, um, that is on the cards. It yep. um, deadline uh, day signing. Mm-hmm. It it's something that could happen. He's still kicking around with Husheska in the second division. He's trying to get the hell out of there, from yep. what we have heard. Um, and I see this comment real quick on Spalletti. He did bring in Manolas, but he tried to get um, Totti out of the team. And Manolas was very close to Totti. They're still very close friends from what I understand. And yeah. like he was seen as being on Totti's side, blah, 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 blah. And so relationship is there, not good. But. There was a really nasty, nasty. Uh, actually, one of our one of our writers, Vimo George, has kind of given us a lot there was a huge fight behind the scenes in Roma. Like there was this major, major issue going on. And that's where that all stems from. But like between the ownership and some of the play, like the Roman players, like the, like Dotti and De Rossi and their legends, it was just really nasty. And looks like Manola might've gotten caught up kind of in the middle of that. So that's where that, that Spalletti and Manola don't like each other thing kind of comes from. Um, but uh, we do have a few more things to get through here. So we'll move on through some more of these transfer rumors. We have an Antuna update. Uh, some of you guys saw uh, that Neri Castillo apparently was proposing this uh, deal between um, Chivas, uh, the team of Guadalajara in Mexico, and Libiacos. Uh, so we've been back and forth with our sources in Mexico uh, discussing, discussing this and the possibilities. As of right now, there is no official offer. There has been a basically a number that Olympiacos has given that is like they would be interested. And that's pretty much about it. Not an official offer or anything. 
Shivas paid $11 million, uh, $11 million for him, uh, U.S. dollars. So about 9 million euros-ish uh, for that player. They are not letting him go cheap. They also, because he's a Mexican player, and because of the exposure some Mexican players have had in Europe, they expect a higher fee for that. They don't want to lose money. And unless we've been told that unless there is no other offer for him, period, and or interest, they're not going to give him up for, for cheap. And But there is a caveat. He does want to play in Europe. He They prefer... Uh, we've been told by some of the sources there uh, in, in Mexico that he does want to play in Europe. And I don't know if he's going to push. Is that something he's going to push? But we'll have more on this. We'll tweet more on it um, with some of the information that we've received. But as where, of right now, mm, I don't know if that's happening. Where the hell does he fit in with now Ronnie Lopez coming in? Like a few, Rusai, if he comes in, Rusai is gone. Lazar is gone. Chumich, I think, is already gone. Agi Bukamara is in a difficult place. Augustin Ba, I think, at that point is just forever for the B team or forever for one one or two seasons. So if we bring in another winger, which listen to the last podcast, I was like crying out. I I, I was so pissed off with Ludo Gretz. I was saying, get rid of them all. Um, it's a clean out of our wingers. I don't know if that's something that's gonna do. And I see a comment real quick. I want to go back to Silvas with Alexander. About Silvas is not a good replacement for Semedo. We love him, but Semedo is better than so. Fair enough. And I want to say a Silvas joke. I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast, but it was, I don't know if it was famous, but my cousin used to always make it with me. Silvas is so slow when he wakes up in the morning. This was a joke that we used to do all the time to go up for his coffee in Spanakopita in the morning. He gets to the bakery and it's already closed in the afternoon because he's Stop. so goddamn slow. <laughs> anyway, Stop. I haven't Stop. done that joke on the podcast, but we used to make that joke all the time. Anyway, that's it. Stop. That's it. Uh, yeah, so guys, that Aduna thing probably wasn't happening from the get-go. And now, of course, with Roni Lopez uh, coming in, you know, I doubt that that's happening. Uh, as you guys know, Roni Lopez... Uh, we had tweeted out and put on social media that it's a loan with a 12 million buyout. It actually looks like it might even be a nine nine million euro. Either way, it's out of our price range. We're probably not buying this player out. Uh, but he is joining on loan, and there is a deep dive. I got that done this morning. I spent my whole morning, a few hours, going through some tape, uh, jotting notes, getting some stats. Uh, but Gosta and Labra, how you guys feel about this? Do you guys know anything about him? Are you excited about it? I know nothing. Costa, I don't know anything about Ronnie Lopez, to be honest. I I don't know too much about him. Left-footed player, plays on the right, can play at the 10 as well. So he fits the mold of what Martins wanted, which is a winger that can play the 10 as well, just like Valbuena when Valbuena came in. Only difference here is we're talking about a 25-year-old player that Sevilla spent a club record transfer fee on of 26 million euros. He didn't play much for Sevilla. He's been loaned out to Monaco last season. He was at Nice, played 33 games, scored five goals, two assists. So I think he's a player that theoretically can contribute a lot in terms of providing creativity, which we've been lacking massively in these past games. So... 
Yeah, I think on paper it looks like a good move. And I did speak to some Monaco fans. Uh, he had a very good season at Monaco. Yep. I think he can tear the Greek league apart. But but okay, we can we can walk the Greek league anyway, I would hope. So it's really about what he can contribute in Europe. Now they're saying that they're trying to get him signed up tomorrow so that they can uh, submit him on the UEFA list. But I don't think Martins is going to is gonna dare play him in the first game or the second. But I'm curious to hear the deep dive, Ari. I don't know enough yeah. about this player. You could, well, interestingly you could put enough, Peter Thompson on the freaking list. He's not. Neither of them are playing. <laughs> Peter Thompson could be second choice goalkeeper, and he would have a good of a chance as Ronnie Lopez playing. And come on. Well, now. the funny thing I is, I love that. So, and we got uh, we got a message from one of our former guests, David Mooney, Blue Moon Podcast from Manchester City. Uh, he actually, Ronnie Lopez was briefly in the Manchester City Academy. They they got him from the Benfica Academy. Then he went up through there. Um, so very interesting. This player's been some places. Maybe he hasn't achieved what was expected of him. He was a hot talent, uh, did well for Monaco, and then, of course, ended up at Sevilla. Uh, oh, uh, we have a comment here from Sparrow. My friends in France tell me he plays like Messi style. Well, uh, after I get through the deep dive, we'll see if uh, we'll see if uh, that is there is agreement there. Fed this plays like Messi as well. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> Anybody with a left foot with a low center of gravity, right? This, comes, so, this is interesting right now, Adi. What what are the weight? What is the height? What are we looking at? What what type of profile? Get into it. Give it to us. Oh well, let's do it. Lambros Lambros loves the routine now, so he is a slim, small dude. Well, maybe not small. Five nine, hundred seventy four centimeters for the metric people. Sixty eight kilos, hundred forty nine pounds. I mean, I'm a just I'm about his height, and I have forty pounds on this guy. So he's a pretty slim guy. Uh, either that, or I'm just fat as hell. But anyway, uh, in in terms of positionally, he primarily plays as a right wing, but he can also play deeper as a right mid. He can play at the ten. He also can play left wing and left mid as well. He's played all of those positions. Now, is he very productive on the left? No. As Gusta mentioned to you guys before, five goals and two assists. All the production came while he was playing on the right wing. So he can play on the left. He's serviceable, but that's probably not where we're going to get our best value for him. Uh, in terms of expected goals, expected assists. So we mentioned five goals to assist. X XG was 4.01. Expected assists was four. So there's a lot of chance creation that this guy gives. So uh, there, there's a, there is a lot to like now he does have pace and agility as well. I did very much enjoy how well he could turn on the ball. Uh, he, I, I love that players that can shift direction so quickly. They have a low center of gravity. I won't say he's as fast as Onyekuru. Onyekuru is definitely faster. I'll even argue that Onyekuru's change of pace is quicker as well. Uh, but that's uh, that doesn't take anything away from him. Uh, he's just not as fast as Onyekuru. That's all that that means. He loves himself a step over. Guys, almost every one-on-one -on -one dribble attempt I watched involved some sort sort of step over. So this guy loves using that. That's like one of his favorite moves. Uh, very solid ball control. Low center of gravity. Uh, and if we're equating it to some wingers that we've that have played for this team recently, let's just put it this way: it's just ten times better than what Bruma ever could do. 
Uh, very nice, very tight ball control. First touch is also solid. So something that maybe we're not used to from a lot of our wingers. Before Vrusai got injured, well, comparing him to the pre-injury, better ball control than Vrusai as well, even pre-injury. Uh, he does have an eye for goal too. So a lot of these runs, a lot of these positional attacks are progressive runs, maybe if it's on a counter or a break. He gets the ball and he tries to cut in and take a shot. That's seems to be what he prefers to do first and foremost. He's also he's also got that killer instinct in the box. He will get into the box too to finish, try and get on the edge of a cross. He's not really good in the air, but if it's on the ground, that's his thing. Um in terms of in terms of playing outside of the box when he's in the final third, his preference, like I said, he wants to cut in to take a shot. Either way, whether he's cutting in and looking to make a pass or a shot, he wants to draw a defender out for a one-on-one. It the pattern is always there. He gets the ball, goes in, and he tries to pull a defender first and then either make space by beating the defender or make space central and then play a pass. Either way, he, his preference is to draw the defender to him and then use the space created in order to play whoever's coming on. Uh, crossing ability. The volume isn't as high as maybe we'd like, but for an inside winger, the, the volume isn't as high. We've touched on this in the past, but the crossing ability is good. And by good, I mean, he connects over 40% of his crosses. So lovely, better than some other crosses or the ball that we have that I will not name. He does also see a pretty high number of touches in the penalty area. Uh, and this is something that we've noticed with Martins. Martins values, especially in these inside wingers, well, not just inside wingers, wingers in general. He wants to see people that are touching the ball a lot. Literally every winger we have on this team meets that criteria. Now, he's not as, I'll say, omnipresent in the box, getting touches on the box as Masuras Bruma or Onyekuru. But, we're, you know, we're, we're talking the difference of maybe three, five touches a game versus his 2.7 or close to three. So it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good for me. The volume's there, but we're not, we're not bringing him in to be a big body that's going to meet crosses or get scrappy in the box. We want somebody that's going to create outside of that, of that box from the final third to get in there. So let's go over some statistics. So we're starting with the offensive stuff. I know Lambda is going to be excited. He wants to know defensively what he can do. We'll get into that later. No, no, I, 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 I have one question. Right foot. Is it existing? Does he have a right foot? It's actually, it's actually pretty good. It's not bad. Okay. Um, He's, he, he's not going to do like, He's not going to whip a lot of shots in with it, but he's competent with his right foot playing balls, maybe some one twos here. So anywho, uh, going into the statistics last season, 46 shots. He was averaging about two per 90, 41.3% on target. Uh, four out of his five goals were on that right side of the penalty area, just on the right of like literally where the penalty marker is. That's his sweet spot. He gets the ball, man, those shots are dangerous. He's picking near 90, near upper 90 corner with his shots too. I, it's impressive. He loves that area. And as far as I'm concerned, we need to get him the ball in that area. Uh, in terms of uh, touches and volume on the ball, upper, uh, you know, not Onyekuru who was seeing maybe 18, 19, 20 touches a game. This guy's touching the ball almost 40 times a game. 
attempting 34, 35 passes a game. So much more volume like Bruma likes to get involved and build up also. He has a had a pass accuracy, 81%. His career pass accuracy is above 80% as well. So he's pretty accurate when it comes to moving the ball around. Now, we always talk about one, one, two touch, give and go ball. I don't see he's competent. He has a, he has good control of the ball in that situation. The the thing is, I didn't see him like do a lot of the one and two, you know what I mean? Player coming. He just touches one, two very often. He always seems to want to at least take a touch or two and then do something. So I, I'm not, I can't tell you if he's amazing with one and two touch. Not that it matters because how often do we also, does our team really do that anyway, especially given what we've seen so far. Uh, in terms of one-on-one dribble, likes to do it a lot. 123 one-on-one attempts last season. It's about five a game. 55% success. Guys, I already told you, loves a step over, and he's pretty good at it too. So like to see that. Progressive runs, averaging about two and a half, almost two and a half per 90 minutes. That's good. Uh, you get him the ball, especially in stride. He's competent. He loves to get forward. Has pace. Not as quick as on your crew, but it's something he can do. Now, here's where the number 10 question comes in because uh i saw there was a comment that came up before he prefers to play as a number 10 when i judge a player on his ability to play as a 10 or as what i like to consider the maestro of the offense i look to see a lot where is his head what's he looking at his the through ball smart passes is he capable of unlocking a defense and i have to say guys i kind of liked what i saw maybe the volume the volume isn't as high as i would like but he's primarily playing as an inside winger so we can forgive him for that. But in the ins- the instances where he drifted central, he does. His head is always up. I mean, he has con- he's comfortable enough and confident enough in his control of the ball that he looks around, he sees the movement, plays the through balls. So love to see that. I think he has the capacity to be our 10. So in terms of the, the volume of smart passes, one at least one per 90, not as high as a guy like Fortunis, but still pretty good around Valbuena level. Uh, and his accuracy is pretty good as well. So as far as our other wingers are concerned, better. And in terms of uh, the volume, better than Masuras, Onyekuru, Valbuena, Bruma. Uh, penalty area, he's averaging about three balls into the penalty area a game. Not as high as Valbuena, Bruma, but higher than guys like Masuras. So... This is valuable. This is what we want to see. So, but again, we're not going to be concerned if he's not playing too much stuff into the box. We need a guy that is actually going to be breaking down the defense, taking defenders on one-on-one, and can make something out of nothing, which is something he seems to be able to do. Defensively, really good on the press. Majority of his defensive duel success, recovery success with the ball is in the opponent's half. He presses pretty well. He's good at tracking movement and intercepting. Uh, In terms of uh, how he lines up for defensive duels, he's not like the most physical guy, mainly because probably has smaller stature. And but he is conservative. He gives space, lets you make the mistake first, and then he goes in. And he's pretty good at it. Sixty-four percent in terms of his defensive to win rate so if he doesn't win the ball he forces them to go backwards which is what we want to see uh he's okay tracking back but he's not the guy that's going to win the ball in our defensive area he's just going to be a body 
Um, on the press, he's okay, but in our defensive third, don't look for him to be uh, a hero back there. So there's a lot to like about this guy. My main concern is I feel like, and I, again, I don't have the data to really support this. This is just something I got from watching. He seems to have, he seems to have a, an inclination to dribble a little bit too much. And that concerns me a little bit with, with build-up play because I would see plenty of guys wide open in transition when he just received the ball and it would have been better for him to play it and he would opt to dribble. Um, that concerns me a little bit. He has plenty of talent. I think he's going to destroy easily have enough for to take, take on the defenses in Greece. It's just the question is Europe. I don't know how that's going to translate. I'm, I don't know if we're going to have somebody as bad as Weiss, but I think maybe that might be something that uh, frustrates us. Um, as far as comparing to other wingers, I think he's definitely going to be better than a guy like Bruma, but I don't think he's as good tracking back as a guy like Masudas, for example. Would I have done this deal? Is this deal worth it for a loan? 100% I would have pulled the Hell trigger. Oh yeah, it is. But yeah. I don't know if I, like, I definitely am not paying $9 million for this player, if we're going to be honest. But I think this loan is a, a, a pretty close to a slam dunk for this club. I think I think the nine million number is a little high, but but I think if if you see a player who turns into something amazing, the nine million will be a little a little bit of like a a bargain, you know. Wasn't this a player we talked about this off podcast of a player who was sold for twenty five million euros? But it's a bit complicated because player trades were involved. Blah 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 blah. But yeah. anyway, um, I don't know. It seems like a nice. A nice player. Well, I don't know. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. Yeah. And there's one more thing I'll say, which maybe contribute has contributed to um perhaps we'll say his the ceiling he's hit so far. Cause this kid, from what we've heard and what we've seen, his potential, he was expected to be like a top player. And he's kind of floundered about a little bit. And the dribbling is one thing, but one thing I also forgot to mention is he see he can drift in and out of games a little bit, you know, it, almost Fet Fat esque where like he would just disappear, and he's not as bad as somebody like Fet Fat But there were some games I noticed where I was just like, you know, I would watch there would be like 40, 40 positional attacks, and I would watch like 15, 18 in a row, and he wasn't involved in any of them, and. That's Podenza kind of was like that too. Yeah, but exactly. Podenza could be like that as well if he got isolated. Now, but the caveat is that the off-ball movement, which I was attempting to track as best I could, when he's not getting the ball at his feet, he likes to drift central and deeper. And that, to me, is positive. But at the same time, it does concern you a little bit when you see somebody drifting in and out of the game that long. Because Bruma, say what you want about Bruma. Bruma moved his ass all the time. It didn't always pan out into shit, but he moved his butt a lot. And, you know, that the effort is there. But it's, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what well, happens. We'll see how we use him. But uh, that was just my concern. I, 
I, I want to like make a comment like people are really excited and like the deep dive sounds good. But like after and I saw this comment from John, if our recent loans are anything to go by <laughs> Vinagrino, then we should 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 not be excited, I guess. Like the question at this point for our football team is, is a player like Henry Onyakuru is their head with us? For Ronnie Lopez, is his head here or are we getting a passenger, you know? Like, because if Ronnie Lopez comes to Olympiacos with the talent of going through the Benfica Academy, going through Man City, being bought by for millions of euros, if he comes with, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to become a player, I'm going to get my career back on track, I'm really excited for Ronnie Lopez, but... Um, it's you can't tell that. Like I, I try can. to look exactly, for things. exactly. That's I try yeah. to look for things like while they're playing. Like, do I see his head down a lot? Do I see lack of motivation? Do I see him motioning? Like, there's only so much I can tell. You know, I mean, remember, guys. Ed Fethanos reminds me of this every time we bring stuff up like this. I was I liked Vinagre when I did the deep dive on him. I thought he would be good for the club. I thought he had talents that would not only help us in Greece, but help us offensively. Did I know that when he came, he was going to be a useless dickhead? No, I had no idea that when he came, he was going to just not be here. That's stuff that is so difficult. But all of this is based on what I see on the field and what I evaluate can be valuable for us. And in this case, look, there, there's plenty of stuff here that I think we can use. And the, I think this guy can offer us something, whether he's playing as a 10 or a winger. I think that I think that he has that there's value because he has creative capability and he can see the field. That's that's what I'm that's what I see here. Is he worth nine million? Absolutely not. I don't even know if I'd pay five million for this kid. You know, I certainly didn't want to pay five million for Onyekuru, but this is what it is, and this is what we've seen. We'll see how he how he assimilates. If he can assimilate well, he's Portuguese, so there we have a Portuguese connection as it is. Maybe that'll benefit him. I don't know, but I like in terms of the talent and the technical ability, I think there's something there. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Costa, you have any first comments after hearing all of that? And there were comments above. We can get into some of the questions you guys have had as well. There was a Costa. question that there was a question that kept getting asked, which is, is he a version of Tsimikas on the right wing? It's a bit of a bit of an interesting question. That's a really weird question, and um, different positions. Uh, not even just different positions. There's just different play styles. They carry the ball differently. They both take different. Like th this guy, they're they're just completely different players. Like the the only thing I can say is like the way they carry the ball. Right? Zimikas had good ball control, but this guy's closer. This guy is his thing is taking players on. Timikas, Timikas has a, a limited skill set with what he can do to take players on, right? Uh, not that he's a bad player, you don't have to have one. But did you guys see Timikas doing step overs all the time? Do you see Timikas? Timikas is a, Timikas is a fullback, he's just, a, it, exactly. I can't compare them because they're just completely different players. They both have lovely crosses, though, that I can't compare. So he has a Timikas esque cross. Defensively, Timikas, of course, is way better, but that's about as close as you can get to any comparison with them. 
And then this question came up: Is he injury prone? Do we know anything about that? Um, Some people I seem have, like I have his. In, let me. I have his injury history pulled up. It's, okay. Look, Bruma's injury history was bad, right? Vochlik to an extent. It's not that he was out for a significant period of time, but there were a lot of things. His injury history is nothing that's going to scare me, at least. What bringing him let, in? Let, 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 let's just say he's a 25 year old player that hasn't had any knee injury problems, correct? Oh, that yes, yeah. okay, yes, so he's fine. Yeah. There you go, that's <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, but to, but to me, it sounds like it sounds like the kind of player we needed. We, we were do. looking, we were looking for a left footed player that can play on the wing, that can play we behind play the striker time. in a free role. His passings above eighty percent. You said uh, across his career, he can hit the ball sweetly. Every time this guy gets his ball, uh, gets the ball on his left foot, you just feel like, okay, something's going to happen now. He's got his head up. It's a nine million option. Okay, we're going to get to the option at the end of the season, guys. Who knows? Maybe the guy has a blinding season. Maybe Marinakis is so up for it that he is going to bring in Manolas and he wants to create a Champions League type side to go and play in the Europa League. Who knows? But we're not going to talk about his option and whether we're going to trigger it at the end of the season when we haven't even seen him touch a ball. For sure. I it's it's strange after going out of the Champions League how this week afterwards has been very interesting. Can we say that? It's been I think the reaction and what we've heard, I don't know if some of this has been peppered into the media to kind of get people to forget about Ludogorets, but um, the reaction, the Marinakis visit, the Ronnie Lopez transfer, I hope it's a signal of the return to 4-2-3-1, which at this point, if we have no more questions about Ronnie Lopez, can we get into this lineup that we have been told is looking likely? Can I read it off? I think I've memorized it. I'll give it Go to you guys. It. Okay. Thomas Vachlik in goal, right back, Kenny Lala, Svetsovar Markovic, Sokratis, I don't know which side for each, Oleg Rebchuk at left back, a midfield of Jan Envia, Marika Mara, a three of Henry Onyekuru, uh, Agibu Kamara, Yorgos Masuras, and Yusef Al Arabi. What do we think about this and this reaction to change the system? My initial reaction to this was that this is pretty much what fans want to see at this yeah, stage right. with the players that we have. With the players that we have, this is the most attacking yet somewhat balanced formation that we could put out and really take the game to, to Bratislava on Thursday. I, I cannot put up with this conservative 4-3-3 formation anymore. It's far too slow. There's no, there's no pace. There's no enthusiasm. There's no unpredictability. I think bringing in on Yakuru, on the one hand, playing Agibu in a free role. For me, for me, it's what I what I think I'd like to see on Thursday, and I do want to see a return to that four two three one. And I'm not going to lie, guys, like the. Ever since we changed to 4-3-3, when we had a player like Guillerme in midfield, the second season of Martins, 
it worked. But, I mean, last season it was just very slow. Very slow, not enough pace. And we need some unpredictable players. The concern for me is if we see a lackadaisical approach by some of the players, like we saw, it doesn't matter what formation you play. If they're going to play like they don't give a shit, you're gonna, it's going to be ugly. You have to give a shit. And I completely agree with that part of Marinakis's statement when he talked about like, look, the coach sets this stuff up like for the game. But if you're not going to give the effort, there's no gameplay that wins. You can't adjust tactics for players that are somewhere else. You know, that, that that's the problem. And that's what I'm worried about more than anything else. As far as I'm concerned, we could play 3-4-3, 4-3-3, and we should, we should beat Slovan Bratislava pretty convincingly, normally. But my concern is, can the, are these guys going to actually play like they want to win? Or is that, what's wrong with our fitness levels? Are we going to be moving around the pass and move? I don't want to see our midfield barren again. I don't want to see this barren wasteland. Our center backs have the balls and they're trying to play and there's nobody presenting themselves as an option. I don't want to see that. 4-3-3, If you don't move around to receive the ball and present yourself, we're fucked. Either way. So for me, I, I, all I can ask for, I want to see the effort. I want to see them. I want to know that they want to be there and they want to compete. Mate, that's that's the lineup, right? Like, if you look at the lineup, Jan and Via is not the problem. Mari Kamara is not the problem. Right. Agi Bukamara is going to fight to to show he belongs. Yorgos Masuras, we can never have questioned in our exactly. lives. Henry Onyakuru, you hope, has some appetite to do anything. El Arabi, good to go. Oleg's a warrior. Markovic, is, we've never questioned his commitment. Socrates, are you kidding me? And the question is Kenny Lala. You have a full lineup there of guys who we are pretty sure are motivated. Motivated, right? So you don't yeah. have some players where like, God damn it, like show me something. I, I'm missing this from you. So like I don't know. Um I I I think if the lineup's gonna go like that in the future, you have like, like there's a bit I, I saw the comment as well. What about Matthew Valbuena, it's a bit of an awkward one with Valbuena. And from what we heard, don't expect him to start or even play for that yeah. matter. So that shows you something about his situation at the club. Um, but I honestly, the lineup has appetite, you know, to go for it. It's attacking. Yeah. Screw it, you know, screw it. If we're going to go out to Bratislava, let's go out playing decent football and trying to build something new, you know, I don't know. It's just my well, opinion. Even if the football is ugly for me, I want to see the effort. I want to see the exactly. spirit there. Like, you know what? Oleg's crossing is shitty and it's probably going to piss me off again when he has another, how many, what is we say 17 crosses he connected to maybe he has another seven and connects nothing. But if I see the effort and I see him running his ass up and down, giving his, giving himself, for the club and giving himself for on the field, then, you know, some of that I can forgive, you know, he needs to work on his crossing and I don't know. I want to know if he's spending like an hour, two hours after practice every day working on it. It's so bad, but I, the effort is what I care about. 
you know, and Agibu Kamara, he might, you know, we saw some sparks and maybe he'll waver here and there. But as long as he's fighting his his ass off, that's what I care about. That's what I want to see. That's what this club is missing right now. So even if the football is ugly, I am willing to accept that if they're willing to to fight for it. And I yeah. hope that that's how the rest of the fans are. And I, I also want to say before Costa, maybe you have a piece. I really hope the club does it. Um, there needs to be a Vladimir Vice tribute video. Just put it up for the Stop. player. What? <laughs> I had to do it. I had to. I, Stop. That kid I was hope, a cancer in the locker room. I, I hope they give him like the 20 seconds, like the PSG goal. And then it's just oh. like, thank you, Vladimir. And then like, that's yeah. it. Maybe they give him like a little piece of like, low, like, I don't know, just like a little statue. Like, thank you for three months. Wasn't he only there for like three months? Anyway, <laughs> half, I half just season, give him a little yeah. statue. Just be like, and like under it, it says goal against PSG still lost or something. And they present it to him. I don't know, like something beautiful like that. I'm just, I'm just dreaming for Vladimir Weiss. He's going to be hearing his name. Vladimir. Dude, I, I would do that video <laughs> and then put a picture of Michel in his suit. <laughs> <laughs> right after that, because Weiss was obsessed with Michelle's suits, and I, I'll never understand that. Like all he, all he ever like on social media, he would always tweet about the suits, constantly. That dude's so, so weird. weird. He's, He's such so a weird kid. I, he, you I'm know, he's gonna expect a tribute video too. Like he may tweet some shit. Like if there's no yeah, tribute he has video, an ego. But what has he done with his life? Like he's no. played in Saudi Arabia. Whatever. Also played for Manchester City Youth. He did. Yeah, also, yeah. They know how to pick them. They know. How to pick them. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think that's about it. We're gonna. So we we've been doing these preview videos, YouTube specials, but we're struggling. Um, we had a, a I don't want to Slovakia, right? I I, I don't yes. want yeah Slovakia, correct? I, I we we had a um a gentleman who we reached out to. Unfortunately, he's unavailable. He's on vacation, so. We are still on the hunt for a Slovakian football writer, a blogger, anything. If you guys have any tips, anyone you like, anyone you know, um, shoot us shoot us a DM, shoot us an email, um, whatever. Our contact information is on our website as well as on all our social media. Yeah, we want to do another one of those videos because it seems like they gain a lot of traction. A lot of people really enjoy the short ones, you know, and we get the, the good information of the opposition and we roll. So anyway. Hopefully we get one of those done. We'll see. Otherwise, you just listen to us talk shit. Right, Robert Blackburn? Yeah. yeah. Do that just for you, buddy. <laughs> and it didn't come home. I'm sorry, buddy. I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it as well. Uh, anyway, what a committed troll. He's back. Anyway, Robert Blackburn, shout out to him. Uh, the OGs remember. But uh, with that, any last thoughts? I am... Expecting Manu Lassen tomorrow. Uh, I got Stop. good. No, <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, guys, it, Ronnie Lopez in Athens tomorrow, late afternoon. We will have the pictures. We will have the report. Um, keep it in 2.30. Keep it locked in to Gate 7 International and all social media. Make sure to subscribe. Decent amount of you guys are watching live. Um, and thank you so much for watching live. It's really late uh, here, Central European time, 12.30. My jet lag's kicking in. I know it's 1.30 over there in Greece. Hope you guys are all had a great weekend heading off into the week with Olympiakos back on Thursday night, 9 o'clock. 
anything else, anyone, some interesting transfers coming, we'll, we'll yeah, be covering we, them all. We don't forget, guys, please DM whatever your thoughts are about Patreon. We really want your feedback to see if that's something we should even decide to pursue. If you think it's dumb, DM us. DM me on my personal if you want. Say, fuck you. This is stupid. That's fine. That's feedback. I'll take it. Or if you like it, say, yes, take my money. I'll also take that too. Anything. Please just let us know your thoughts and feelings. And then we also have the giveaway winner. We said that we were going to announce them on the pod. We're here at the end of the pod. And we have our giveaway winner. Costa, do you have the information for our giveaway winner? So actually, we did do a raffle, um, and I'm going to load it up now. The winner was already announced on Instagram, but for those of you that are watching live, I'm just going to roll the video now. Full transparency. There we go. Congratulations, OSP. OSFP. inside. Congratulations. I don't know if he's here, but yeah, we've already got in touch with him. Congratulations. A lot of people that participated in that giveaway, OSFP.inside, you've won yourself a medium-sized home jersey, Olympiacos. The red and white stripes are heading your way, my friend. Big up. Amaliada, where the guy's from. There will be another giveaway coming soon. I've got something tasty that I've got from Crete. You can't eat it, but you will like it. <laughs> I won't say I won't say anymore. The next giveaway is going to be around the corner, guys. Love it. So, all right, boys. Thank you, oh, boys and girls, I guess. Thank you, everyone, for listening, especially if you made it this far. Don't forget to DM us, subscribe, like. Please get your friends to follow. Get them to like and subscribe. And don't forget to DM us the feedback. Patreon feedback. We'll post it on social medias as well. We want to know how you feel. So thank you guys again. This is the Gate 7 International Podcast. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL, give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city, and our story. Thrilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.